folks, welcome into a brand new episode of the Crossing Swords podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ty B, and I'm joined today by the Funnel Guy and DJ Supreme. But first, we got to give a little shout out to our sponsor, Amherst Ale House, one of the best places to watch a Sabres game, whether it's because of all the televisions, the half-price pitchers, or half-price medium pizzas. There's just so many reasons to be there. I know, Supreme, you and I were there the other day, and who did we see? Well, none other than the Gronk himself walking in. You could see him from halfway across the parking lot, larger than life. But uh, he was he was filming something. I, Ty B, I don't know if you know what it was, uh, but he was in there for about 10 minutes to film Schmoozing the crowd for about five minutes, put down a couple pops, and then he was on his way out. Um, but that was uh, that was that barn burner of a game against Toronto, wasn't it? Six four. Uh, or, or oh yeah, it, it was, a, it was a real nice win for all the Sabres fans. We were crushing some of those half price Molson pitchers. Yeah, Gronk. I think he was there filming something for a show or this or that. Who knows what it was? But if Amherst Alehouse is great enough for Gronk, it's great enough for Ty B and the rest of you guys. But there's another thing we need to address before we get into any actual Sabres hockey. There's a certain person who co-hosts this podcast, and his Twitter name is at the underscore funnel underscore guy. And the Sabres seem to have scored seven goals, but no funnels were done. Tristan, Tristan, you owe the people some. Uh, you owe the people an explanation of some sort. All right, just give me one quick second. Yeah, so it was pretty wild. I had a I had a work function last night, so I got home a little bit late, and I, I walked in the door, and my my wife had the game on, and obviously we're raising my son a Sabres fan, so he you know we're all they're watching the game, and I look quick, and it's already three nothing, and it kind of hit me by that point because we had to do a couple of things around the house, we had to get the little one down to sleep and shit, and I was just like with the amount that I would have had to drink in such a short period of time with all the shit that I had to do. And not to mention, here's the deal too. Cause if it's one of those things, if I'm just crushing beers, I can put down beer like it's nobody's business, but it is the videoing. It is the editing and it is the posting to two separate platforms and getting it out to group chats. That is like a complete shit show. Each video probably takes me, five to 10 minutes or so. And if I'm already three, four goals behind, I, I went upstairs, I gave my son a bath and it's, it's six, nothing. So all of a sudden I just, I kind of like peeked down at my phone and every time I opened and shut my phone, 20 notifications, boom, shut and close 20 notifications, 20 notifications. I gained more followers last night by doing absolutely nothing. I haven't had my actual videos of me funneling beers haven't gotten the action that my Twitter got last night by doing absolutely jack shit. <laughs> yeah, I, the people incredible. were irate. They, there were people calling you out all over the place. But, I mean, we need you in peak form come March and April, hopefully making a playoff push, not you know slugging down seven beers uh, because we're playing the worst team in the NHL right now who fired their coach the next morning. But it, it, it was disappointing, but I think we need to get you like an intern or something, help you out, get these videos out quicker, just sort of uh, exasperate the process for you. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. An intern is something obviously unpaid. That's the way that we roll. Um, 
obviously I'll pay them in beer depending on their age, but an <laughs> intern and that, I mean, it comes down to, I'm like the Kawhi Leonard of drinking beer. Sometimes there has to be load management. You have to, it, this, I'm in here for the long haul. I'm not in here for, you know, just simple games in November, December. I'm here to play. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Probably the tweet there. of the night, yeah. probably the tweet of the night to jump in here was, <laughs> was like, uh, just tuned into this Hayward game after the first one and I miss, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> along those lines. Because I'm like, I, I didn't see any of the funnel videos, so I knew you were tied up with something, but I just saw that and I was like, oh boy, because everyone was already on you about, where's Funnel Guy? Where's Funnel Guy? With people those, were on with me that I've never even heard of. Like, I'm getting, like, people are, like, adding me and I'm like, I have no idea. I've never even seen this person like one of my Funnel videos, let alone, you know, comment or like on any of them. Why, like, who, why am I getting chirped? But I get it. <laughs> they, hey, yeah, your I, body of work, your body yeah. of work speaks for itself, man. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's not even like your Twitter name is still at Tristan. It's at the funnel guy. Like, I think people just sort of expect you to live up to it at this point. But, I mean, it, I it is what it is. Yeah. The Sabres have started to actually start playing well again. So let's talk about it, boys. Um, obviously, you had a big disappointment a little over a week ago with that game against the Wild. But since then, it seems they've sort of turned the right corner and are back in that up and up swing and i think we can have a little bit more optimism the team seems to be playing better all around i think this although some people are very pissed about it the seven defensemen seems to be working right now it's getting ristolainen's workload down he's been under 20 minutes the past five six games and he seems to be playing a lot better tristan what are your thoughts since that wild game well, not just, you know, since the Wild game, because obviously we always manage to lose to the Wild every year. So that one, like you said, was an absolute heartbreaker. But from there, you know, we had the, the tough weekend against Toronto where we pulled out three out of four points. You know, an incredible game last night against New Jersey, who, you know, it, it was expected. They're one of those teams that's absolutely crumbling, but you got to take care of business. And I think a lot of the, the good things have been happening because some of our players have kind of been stepping up. Obviously, there is no more discussion. Uh, Jack Eichel is the real deal. That guy can absolutely play. There's no question about it. Jimmy Vesey has stepped up into his role. If he can keep that consistent, uh, you look at players like Connor Sherry that were able to step up yesterday. Um, you know, Skinner's still playing very consistent. Obviously, having uh, Marcus Johansson back from injury, he led the team in ice time yesterday. Like ha having some of these guys back and getting them to click, Rasmus Asplund has been absolutely incredible. Yes. Like it's it, it's almost like every line is kind of meshing together very very nicely right now, and we needed that so bad. Oh, and Victor Olafson, like I, you can't you can't not you know bring his name up in, in the conversation too. Oh, obviously they're all doing their part, and. Rasmus Aslan is a perfect example of how to bring a player along. You give him time to go play in Europe. You let him get that professional game, a lot of professional experience where he was playing, you know, second line center on, you know, good teams over there. And he was doing a lot on special teams, whether power play, penalty kill, etc. You give him that time down in Rochester to be able to adjust his game that he learned over there in Europe and you bring him in slowly and when he finally gets that chance because he's learned your system fully he's going to flourish here and I think you see that 
his full two-way game, his speed's excelling. He's got a great shot as well. I think he's a guy that's got to stay up here for the long term. Um, Supreme, for you, what's the biggest thing you've seen since that you know, real bad loss for the Wild for you? Um, well, to add to your point, uh, before I get into that, Asplin, the other whole thing about him is his facial hair. He looks like he's 22 going on 42 with that beard he's got going on. I mean, it's it, it's so funny because he – He's very well spoken, and you can tell he's he's good for the locker room. But in the uh, post game interview last night, um, it, it just it looked like he was someone's dad, and you realize how young he is and how talented he could be, you know, down the stretch for us. Um, but yes, I, I mean, what more could be said about Jack Eichel? Uh, he's just been on an absolute tear. He's averaging on like 1.3, maybe a little bit more points per game on the season. He's making everyone around him better. Um, the only thing I don't like about him is that we can't have a, a sort of a clone of him made so that he could still play with Skinner because I, you know, now Olsen is becoming the benefactor of of Eichel in his unbelievable ability to pass and in his vision out there. Uh, but yeah, with the Sabers, I mean, it's it, they're they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. You know, I loved getting three out of four points against Toronto in the back to back. There um, seems like. You know, after playing in in Sweden, where they had almost a full week off on either end of that trip, uh, then they went into having what was it five games in seven nights. Uh, yeah, the Saves have found their way back to three games above five hundred. They're going to have to continue that too. Um, you know, in their winning ways, uh, with some level of consistency moving forward, because you know, playing five hundred hockey for the rest of the year with Landem and about you know upper mid to upper 80s in terms of points so that's not going to get the job done if, if this is the year we're going back to the playoffs um but a lot of a lot of a lot of things a lot of positives um you know on on offense and defense love to see montour contributing a little bit more to you know offensively with yeah. uh with some assists over the past several games and you know sort of cleaning his game up and shaking the rust off after the injury yeah. last year scandal looks great too I, th- I think Scandella has been playing some of the best hockey he's ever played still, for us. Still, even, yes. even after that injury, yeah, he's come back and looked phenomenal playing with Yogi Haru a lot. Um, they've been having to switch it around a little bit, obviously, with the seven defensemen. But still, Scandella has been our best defenseman all season. Um, I'm almost hesitant to want to trade him at this point because he was, you know, that one guy who might be a piece to dangle. Like, let's keep him here while he's playing as hot as he is, like, he seems to have really found his stride in what Kruger wants him to do. And I think a lot of that does just come from playing with Yoki Haru and just having that trust with that young, fast defenseman who can you know, hit those long breakout passes and sort of get you out of any trouble you get yourself into. Um, but another thing, I, I'm happy to see Bogosian back out there because he hasn't yeah. been poor at all. He's looked very solid. And you see at times just his little cut. Um, there was he was getting under pressure um, last night, I believe it was, and you just saw him make a real quick cut and just switch back to his skating backwards and go right around the net and back out to just escape that pressure and find the proper breakout pass. Just those little things, like he has a very nuanced game and with his skating and his speed that we haven't been able to see a lot of because of the injuries. So that's that's a very positive thing going forward. Um, it's going to be tough to see what they're going to do with this defense core going forward. But I think you can 
bank on them sort of waiting for them to figuring out these offensive injuries here first. Um, obviously, you just sent Curtis Lazar back down, and it seems like we're getting some more depth scoring. But if you look, shout out to Sean Tierney, his uh, all his stuff at Charting Hockey is great. If you look at the way the Sabres are performing right now, our Corsi against per 60 is low. Like, we're not allowing a lot of shot attempts, and our expected goals allowed is low. Like, our defensive play is very good. Our problem right now is that our Corsi is good, but our expected goals for is not. We're creating chances, but we're not burying. We need to do something, you know, to to supplement that top six at some point. Oh, yeah. Definitely could not agree more. And again, that's why we've kind of built up all these defensive pieces is so that we're able to make a move is we've given these guys a little bit of time to prove themselves. And, you know, we know who our decor is going to be. You know, Marco Scandella, his contract is up at the end of the season. Obviously, Zach Bogosians is also up at the end of the season. So there's a lot of pieces that are going to be able to be moved. Um, it's just kind of figuring out the right ones to move. And at the same time, you know, who are going to be the right people to bring in, who are going to bring, you know, a uh, positive attitude and bring, you know, the the skill, the scoring, and the defensive play that we need onto this team. Because Ralph Kruger isn't just going to bring anybody over. It's going to be very, you know, thought out and, and, and calculated. That's the way he thinks. Yeah, Supreme, what do you, what do you think about that? I, how do you feel about, the way this defensive situation is going to play out here, because it seems like, you know, all around, generally, they're all playing decently well right now. So no, I, low I, think about it. Yeah. Right. What's that? And, and to be honest, I mean, with the way that Darlene has been playing throughout the season, maybe that's obviously you don't want guys to be out of the lineup for too long. Um, but maybe for him, you know, it's a time to get himself right mentally and he comes back and, that could be the thing that, you know, it gets the monkey off his back for the sophomore slump he's had. Um, but I think we're in, in a perfect position to sort of move around our defensive assets, whether it's in the short term, whether it's closer to the trade deadline, could even be over the summer of 2020. But I think we're in a great spot with everybody being as productive as they've been. Because um, then we have we have some depth we can we can afford to move certain guys you know i know risto has been discussed a lot but you know we we could have you know maybe multiple guys we'd be willing to part ways with and in order to add some more depth scoring to you know continue the trend of of the depth scoring that we've had over the past several games so i i think we're i think we're well positioned and and i i really do like um what padro and what Kruger have done thus far um but knowing at the same time that there's a lot of work that still is yet to be done for us to be a, a playoff contender, you know, and a competitive team, you know, game in and game out. Cause it's, it, it, it still isn't to that point yet. Yeah. And speaking of trying to find some depth scoring, um, Tristan, how do you feel about putting Casey Middlestad on the wing? I know they've tried this now for a couple of games. What are your feelings on it? Yeah, Tristan. Yep. Did you hear me? Yeah, I just I just got back on. I lost the connection somehow. No. <clears throat> All right, I'll be able to cut that part. Um, but speaking of that depth scoring supreme, I'm gonna go to Tristan on this one. We've 
they've made some moves. You try to get Middlestat on the wing there. Uh, what do you think about that move? Do you think that's going to be able to maybe spur a little bit more for his game? Uh, I mean, what does he have? A goal and an assist in, what, 17 games or something like that? It's I, I don't know. I'm just not. He he hasn't shown anything to me that, you know, he I have to see something from him to show that he's going to move up to that next level, that upper echelon, because as of right now, it's almost like Dylan Cousins has that second line center in the future locked up. And Casey Middlestad is slowly making his way down the charts. You know, he's quick, I would say, from a speed perspective. I'm seeing quickness from him but I'm not seeing any real grinding speed. I'm, I'm not seeing the game out of him that, that we expected. He's not going to get anything handed to him by any means. And I'm not saying that he thinks that he is, but I'm not seeing anything out of his game. I hope this works. I don't think he's a center. I think he might be better off on the wing, to be honest. But, you know, it, it's too small of a sample size right now. We really have to see what's, you know, what, what's happening, what's coming in the future. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it's tough to tell after just a couple games, but... Um, hopefully that'll be able to free him up because that's one of the things that's toughest, I think, about coming into the NHL, especially making that jump from high school NCAA for just one season and then coming to the NHL, no time in the uh, the AHL down with Rochester or any of that is adjusting to that game and those defensive responsibilities that he may have never had because he's always been, you know, that best player on his team, no matter what, uh, the most skilled forward. So I think maybe putting him on the wing, uh, matching him up there with Johansson, some guys who are a little bit more confident in their defensive play as well. Uh, I think that yeah. can hopefully spur him on because I don't, I'm very much like you. I'm up in the air on Casey. He, he shows at times he can do some very dynamic things and open some things up, but he hasn't really put it all together for more than, you know, a, one shift at a time. I don't know where you are on middle stat Supreme. Um, middle stat. I definitely wanted more out of him this year. Um, given that he was fairly productive last year, um, in a depth role. And you know that he has that top end talent from, you know, his time in high school world juniors and he's a young guy. Um, but I think, He's kind of going through some growing pains similar to what I saw with Reinhardt uh, a couple years ago where, you know, Reinhardt, when he was first up playing with the Sabres, was undersized. You know, he, he had the talent, he had the speed, but he was undersized. Put some size on and, and went through some growing pains uh, in route to being, you know, on that first line with, with Eichel and being highly productive uh, and efficient in that spot. So, with Middlestead, I guess I'm going to be patient with him. I would, I'm I'm in favor whether it's wing or center. I'm in favor of where he's going to be most productive. Could it be on the wing? It very well could. Uh, but with Middlestead, he had went from being understyled last year. Now he's sort of filling out to having that NHL body, um, you know, with some more size and with similar speed, so they could be durable for the long run. Um, but I just hope that, you know, with with his struggles, that he's able to sort of get the monkey off his back. Similar to VC, uh, as of late, where you know VC, he's been very productive. He had three three games with three straight goals. So middle stat, I know he's got the talent. Hopefully, he can put it together and figure it out on the wing. Um, and if if not, could be in trouble 
you know, heading into the into the uh, the twenty twenty portion of our season here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I I got you on that. It's it's gonna be something that the Sabers are gonna struggle with if they don't make a move. So that's a perfect transition. We're gonna get into would or would not presented by Justition. Get over to justition.com. Use promo code Trainwreck. Get ten percent off your entire order. Grab everything for your family for the holiday season. They have so much dope stuff, whether it's the Golifson gear, those new long sleeves. They always got more and more stuff dropping, so be sure to get to justition.com. So I'm going to float you guys three different trade scenarios that I found on Cap Friendly, and you're going to let me know would or would not. Tristan, you'll go first, Supreme second. Here's the first offer. Uh, it's between the Sabres and Calgary. So <clears throat> the Sabres would get Sean Monahan and Michael Froelich for Rasmus Ristolainen, Casey Middlestat, Connor Sherry, and a 2020 second-round pick. Tristan, thoughts? Would or would not? So, okay, Sean Monahan, who I'm definitely a big fan of. He's a plug-and-play on the top six. Furland immediately plug and play in the bottom six as well. Another very talented guy. And then you said Ristolainen, Casey Middlestat, Connor Sherry, and a second. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give that one a wood. I, I think you're bringing in two guys that have you know very good NHL experience. You're getting rid of some guys who have had some question marks. You know, Sherry's not in it for the long haul. Second round pick, you never know if those are going to pan out. Give me, yeah, I, I, give me a Wood. Supreme, your thoughts? Wood, Wood not? I would. Um, for similar reasons, even though it's it seems like a hefty price tag with, you know, three players and a pick, um, you know, it's, it's truly no telling what's going to happen with the second round there. Um, you know, I, and... Bristol line tonight, he just has not impressed as of late, you know, as the team seems to be trending right in the in, back in the right direction. He seems to be trending in the wrong. Um, so I, I would love that trade and definitely would. All right. So on to the next one. And it's a trade with the New Jersey Devils, not for Taylor Hall. So the Sabres would get Pavel Zaka, Kyle Palmieri, and a fourth-round pick, but give up Matias Samuelson, Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Ristolainen, and a second-round pick. Tristan would or would not? Would not. Not even gonna talk. Not even gonna think about it. Would not. Hundred percent. I don't think any of those players are worth. I think Kyle Palmieri. I have no interest in. Fourth rounder is essentially nothing. Um, I that yeah, that's a no, that's a no for me, dog. Supreme would or would not. Hard would not those the players that we might bring in would offer some of the similar issues that we have right now and yeah far too much of a price to pay on our end. Wait again, can you repeat that? I just want to make sure I heard that right. Pavel Zaka and Kyle Palmieri in a fourth for Samuelson, Middlestat, Risto in a second. No, not a chance. Yeah, I think I think it's a little too hefty. I wouldn't mind trying to bring in Pavel Zaka. I mean. Paul Mary's getting a little up there in age. I don't know what his contract is. It might be right here, though. Um, but it's not the greatest move yet. Yeah, Paul Mary's got two more years, $4.6 million. 
it wouldn't be like terrible to bring in not having the best season, but I think that whole team isn't. Um, I'd probably be out on it, but I like the thought of maybe Zaka. Um, if you can get a way cheaper, Let me look way something. different. Um, but we'll move on to the next one, and it's a Sabres trade with the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Sabres would give up Rasmus Ristolainen and Zemgis Gergensons for Ryan Reeves and Jonathan Marcheseau. Tristan would or would not? Wait, repeat that again? Risto and Gergensons for Reeves and Marcheseau. Deal. Send it. 100%. Jonathan Marcheseau brings an offensive edge. You plug him into the top six. Ryan Reeves brings you that the grittiness. Yeah, I mean, I look at it this way. Ryan Reeves, I would take 100% over Zemgis Gergensons without a question. And then essentially the trade is Jonathan Marcheseau for <laughs> Rasmus Ristolainen when we already have a crowded blue line. Yeah, I would do that in RP. Supreme, would or would not? Would, 100%. And I know that we were talking about Reeves on the uh, last episode of Crossing Swords for – you know, similar reasons, adding some grit into the bottom six. And Marshall is a proven top six player who would definitely help us add that that offensive depth that we've been searching for. Um, and at, at a price to pay where Gergensen's, I've, you know, I've loved what he, you know, sort of the blue collar game that he's played for us during his time here. But he's never been a part of a winning team as a Sabre and wrist line. And as I had said just now, trending in the wrong direction so yeah that that would, that would be a would oh yeah i think you got to do it um marshall so can play you know both sides on the wing a dynamic player can score can rack up some assists i think that's exactly the sort of player you need to play a two-way game so i think he's a good influence on the rest of these players um i think he'd be a perfect guy to bring in and help spark marcus johansson something like that um oh. So, I, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe Jason Bottrell will be on Cap Friendly, on the armchair GM, working on some deals because it doesn't seem like he's working the phones too hard. But hopefully something will be coming through soon. We've been seeing some small minor deals going around in the NHL. And I think we got to talk about a few other little storylines in the NHL. Um, I believe it was a certain Babcock just got fired up in Toronto. Tristan, you got to give me your thoughts on that. I mean, where do you begin? It's just so funny because, you know, he was one of the guys that obviously was so sought after, you know, after announcing that he was going to be leaving Detroit. Obviously, Buffalo was, you know, maybe or maybe not in the mix for for somebody like him. But it's the best now that you're seeing all these stories. Obviously, anytime the Toronto Maple Leafs are in disarray. That's always going to be a good thing. Call me a hater. I don't care. I hate Toronto. Um, but seeing the stories coming out now about him and really like how big of a piece of shit he is. Obviously they did the con, you know, what he did to Mike Madonna, what he did to Jason Spezza earlier this year, what he did to Mitch Marner. Now the stories about Johan Franz and are coming out fuck that guy like he's i wouldn't be shocked if he never got a coaching job in the nhl again because of how big of a piece of shit he's really you know become and now all these players are coming out with like terrible things that coaches have done to them throughout their career and i'm sure 
that these are not going to be the only stories that we hear about that scumbag Mike Babcock. Yeah, I think the stories are going to keep on coming, and we don't even need to harp on it because there is a much better Babcock, and he is here in Buffalo. we got to give a shout-out to Assistant Equipment Manager George Babcock, who has just got to his 2,000th NHL game, and what did the Sabres do? They got him a snowmobile. Supreme, did you not see? I, I'm really hoping you saw this video of Zach Bogosian driving that snowmobile out onto the ice today. So sick. Oh, my goodness. I missed it, boys. I was slammed at work. But I that would be the first thing I do once sending, we're done recording. Sending immediately that's, so you awesome. look at it. It was awesome. Oh, Doop. Notification. Thank you very much. Instagram. Oh, oh yeah. he's riding out there it. with the Bills helmet on. Just got all the boys oh. fired up, oh. and you know they all give him a big hug after, and so thankful. It's oh. awesome to see you know him and Rip Simonek and all these guys who've been here for such a long time, and getting such love from the players and the organization for all the work that they do behind the scenes. Because if it weren't for them, you know none of these things would get done. None of their equipment would make it to all these cities back and forth, and all this stuff. So it's a super cool thing that the Sabers did. He's in for the hug. Oh, my goodness. This might be the most Southtown Buffalo sports fan thing I've ever seen. The Bills helmet, the Sabres cutoff hoodie, like the T-shirt hoodie that Pekosian's wearing. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. This is sad. And it's a custom, too. Look at that decal on the side. This thing is awesome, man. So, yeah, fuck Toronto's former Babcock for using Buffalo as a bargaining chip to land in Toronto. And fuck him for thinking that he was more important than than the team who goes out and wins the games for him. I mean, the the coaches in the NHL, you, it, there's there's definitely a difference that can be made, but it's it's a player's league, and you know those are the guys where I just feel like with Babcock being so so sociopathic in the way that he coached his teams, and like say look look back to the success that he's had, you know, at winning a cup with Detroit. I mean, any one of the three of us probably could have been head coaches of that team and won the cup with that talent. Pre-salary cap era. Yeah. I mean, I I just think that time and time again, you see teams being successful because the coaches are working with instead of against the players. And sort of that hard-ass coach mentality, it, it worked at a certain point in time but it's just a different game these I think days. It's played and, out. and you need coaches. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even that it's played out. It's just not, it's not productive. No, yeah, and, it doesn't, it doesn't get the most out of players. And I don't think it ever really did. It's just, there were so many guys who got into coaching and got these jobs because they were successful players or this and that. And it's not always about being the hardest coach or, you know, being the biggest hard ass, whatever. It's more about doing the things to get the most out of your players, and that doesn't always mean getting on them all the time. Um, you see guys right. like Bill Belichick. Yes, he's going to get on them, and he's got all these tough, string, stringent uh, penalties for you know being late and this and that, and he expects a lot of them. But he's also, if you talk to them, he's a for people who have been there for a long time, n- know that he knows about their family and cares about them off the field. And that's what you want out of a coach, someone who really cares about you all around and wants you to succeed and puts you in those situations. And it seems like in hockey, at least a lot of it is these coaches, 
don't know how to get more out of their players. So they just kind of motherfuck them and throw them off to the side. And, you know, I've heard stories from some of my buddies who went and played juniors and had that situation happen where you only get one shift a game and it's you get that tap and you have to go beat someone up. Like that's not, you know, the right mindset. And if you, the team messes up, then you're the one scapegoat and it, it's not the way to coach a team. And I think we see a lot of these coaches coming up nowadays um, who are coming out of these collegiate ranks and from juniors, they've been taught how to properly coach. And um, there's different styles of coaching and there's a whole science behind it now. Like I took coaching sports in college. You can learn so much about how to manage different groups of people and get the most out of them in different ways. Everyone has different buttons to push. And I think we're going to see a big transition now in hockey from that old school mentality. Yeah. Yeah, and to, you know, to that point too, like my brother-in-law actually played, he played division one hockey and, you know, I heard all the stories from him about the, the verbal and mental abuse that, you know, the coaches put him and his other teammates through. And obviously, you know, you get those players that are able to shrug things off and, you know, fuck them, you know, fuck them, whatever, you know, I'll go out and do my thing. But then there's the guys that, it, you know, it does seriously affect and, you know, it can affect them for the rest of their lives. And it's, uh, it's uh it's an interesting thing you know what i mean especially when you hear it from you know close you know close close friends and family yeah and guys who are at the top of their games and have these things that have happened to them whether it's you know um kami or carcillo or whoever that they've been through these situations where you know they're still trying to do all they can for the team and they just you know get shitted on by their coaching staff and you know you hear the things that happened, you know, with Bill Peterson, like pleading to get guys sent down. And it's just, it's absolute insanity. And I'm glad that all this stuff's getting brought to the forefront. And it's good to see that we seem to have, you know, a great infrastructure here now with the Buffalo Sabres, where the team seems to really be coming together cohesively under Ralph Kruger. They don't seem to be getting on one another. You saw that after that wild loss. They're out, out in the concourse playing shirts versus skin soccer. So that's nice yeah. to see where, you know, these things aren't building up in their minds and they're not letting it really affect them completely. They're going to continue to do their thing, continue to work on their craft and have fun with it. Because when you lose that fun, we've seen what's happened to Sabres teams in the past. Keep that going throughout the season. And I think um, between Jack and other guys stepping up behind him, whether it's Johansson and Ocposo, like, really continuing to push some of these young guys, I think we're going to be able to hopefully stay in this playoff race because that's all we really want as Sabres fans right now. Meaningful games late in the season. And I think we're on, on the path there, Tristan. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been far too long. There's still a lot of things that need to improve to, you know, push us over that edge to that next level. Because if you look at the standings and you look at the teams that are below us right now, you're still looking down at teams like Toronto and, you know, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. And these teams are not going to roll over and die. So it's kind of like get up, get your business done, go out and play every game like it's your last and try to pull out as many points as you possibly can because the guys underneath you are doing the exact same thing. Yeah, couldn't have said it any better. You're right there. I mean, besides Boston, who's kind of pulled away, you're right there with Tampa, Montreal, 
Uh, Florida's right there. It, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a murderer's row trying to get to those that wild card spot because you're probably not gonna get one of those top three spots in the division. Let's let's be honest. Uh, the Maple Leafs have been playing so much better under Sheldon Keefe. I think that's gonna continue to happen because he's he's a complete opposite coach of Babcock from everything I've heard and learned about him. He was a guy I was sort of interested in to take over as a Sabres head coach. He gets the best out of these young guys, it seems, and he's a great developmental coach. So I think, you know, the sky is going to be the limit for them going forward. Their play has been much better lately, which is not great for Sabres fans, obviously, because we're going to be in contention with them. But it is what it is. And just supreme, I think we got to hope things continue to get better. And it seems like they are on the right track. We got the uh, West Coast trip coming up here where you got the Flames, Canucks, and Oilers Thursday, Saturday, Sunday before coming back. How do how many points do you think they're going to get there, Supreme? Mm. Uh, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I'm hoping for you know out of those out of those three games out west, hoping we can get four or five. I don't think we'll get all six just because that you know Calgary. You have Vancouver, and then I don't know Edmonton. They've, they've, I, I, I feel like all three of those teams are very dangerous and playing them out at home, lots of travel involved in between the three cities. I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm begging for four, be more than lucky to have five. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately, I, I guess I'd be happy with, with four or better. Yeah. Tristan, what do you think? You got Flames, Canucks, Oilers. How many points are you hoping for? The West Coast swing or the Western Canada swing is always a bitch because you get to those cities and besides Vancouver, there ain't shit to do in Edmonton. And, you know, damn sure there really isn't shit to do in Calgary. Obviously, Vancouver is a beautiful city and I got a lot of respect for them. And that team has been playing very well. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, I'll go heads on what Supreme said. I'd love to get four or five, but... I think if we walk out or if we, you know, make the trip back to Buffalo with, ah, God, give me three, three or four, that would be ideal. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough swing. Edmonton is playing some of the best hockey they have in years. Vancouver's also looking great. Obviously, Calgary's in, you know, we lost them three to two in overtime. But I, I think, I think four points is doable. I think we can make it happen if we keep playing the way that we have. Yeah, if you give me four points, I'd definitely be happy as well. Vancouver, Edmonton having very good seasons so far. Uh, Calgary has sort of been a bit of a disappointment. Obviously, now they just fired their coach, um, and you had them you know, just in here recently. I think you can get some winnable games. You have that back-to-back, but you play Saturday at 4, and you don't play until 8 on Sunday, so you get that full 24 hours in, so it's not, you know, Nothing too crazy for them. A short trip as well. Um, give me four points. I'll be happy. Any last thoughts before we get out of here, Supreme? Um, I just, you know, I, I know that the Sabres have been playing well as of late. Six points in their last four games. You know, six out of eight. Um, starting to see Kruger sort of get things reorganized, get back to the simple game that they were playing to, to kick off the season. I just hope it continues. You know, we're three – we're 13, 10, and 5 on the season. And, you know, we're, we're going to have to play some good hockey here in times where we've historically been 
extremely poor being, you know, January, February and March. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm back to being optimistic after, you know, in the games that we played since our last show a couple weeks ago. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think Kruger, much like McDermott, you know, on the bills, I think he's done a really good job this year of keeping the guys level headed and not letting things get too out of control when they went on that little skid, um, you know, cause we're, we're reaping the benefits of it right now. And, you know, it, it, let's like keep the fingers crossed for four plus points on this, uh, on this BC swing. Hey, let's hope for it. And last thoughts, Tristan, give me, give me a little something here. There is no bigger roller coaster than being a Buffalo sports fan. Here's the deal. Tomorrow's Wednesday, final stretch of the week. We got some exciting fucking hockey to look forward to, and we got one hell of a Bills game on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, which I will be there probably around 7 in the morning, and I will be funneling my ass off. We have an incredible last stretch of the week into the weekend going. Let's go. Oh, I mean, let's go. Let's get these Sabres into the playoffs. We're we're due for a run. Get us at least, you know, meaningful games in March, and then we'll worry about the rest then. Um, everyone, like we said, get to Amherst Ale House, one of the best places to be to watch Sabres games, and especially when they score those goals and the lights go crazy and the fans start going wild. Half-price pitchers half-price medium pizzas until the Sabres win the Stanley Cup and get to justition.com. Some of the best gear around, especially those Golifson shirts, especially after that snipe last night um, from DJ Supreme, from Tristan and Ty B. Everybody knows what we're rooting for, and we're rooting for the Sabres. Let's go Buffalo.